said to me, meet me after after meeting, I'm going to double your business. So the big question is, what are top agents doing to absolutely crush it in real estate, grow their teams and add more transactions year over year while so many struggle? To get the answers, we interview top real estate agents to learn their secrets to success. Listen, we believe every agent should make a minimum of $100,000 per year and we're on a mission to make this happen. We've already helped over 100 agents achieve this with our coaching. So if you want to fast track your business growth, get to your first $100,000 in GCI or add another $100,000 in GCI using social strategies, then head over to go.eliteagentsecrets.com or you can just click the link in the description below. Also, just make sure to follow us, hit that subscribe button. And if you get any value from this at all, please tell a friend and leave us a review. My name is Andrew Dunn. And my name is Peter Michael. Welcome to Elite Agent Secrets. Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Elite Agent Secrets show. Today, we've got Lisa Williams with us. She's been in real estate for 30 years and her mother was in it for 48 years. So I reckon they've got the longest standing real estate history of anyone on the show. She's also made the front cover of the OKC Real Estate Pros. She's a top agent at KW and did over 80 deals in 2021. So she's going to bring some fire for you all today. We're going to be dropping her three secrets to success. Lisa. Thank you for coming on the show and sharing your secrets with all our wonderful listeners. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. So the way we love to start all these shows is background context, right? Take us back 30 years and one day. Why the hell did you get into this? We know your mom has been in it for 48 years, but you know, take us through the story of you getting into real estate and your first years and then your last few years and what that looked like. Well, um, the beginning of it is I didn't want to be in real estate. Uh, I grew up with a realtor as a mom and she, it was really hard for her to be uh, involved because, you know, um, back then you didn't have the technology you have now. So you wrote a contract, you had to press hard through five copies and drive it to everybody. So mom was gone a lot. And so I didn't want to do this. And so she finally found me at a weak moment. I'd worked at a title company. I'd worked in a mortgage company. Then I went home to have babies and I was, I I wanted to be a stay at home mom. I didn't want to work. And, um, my husband lost his job and mom offered me a thousand dollars a month to go get my license. And I could just do her signs and lock boxes and deliver her paperwork. And back then thousand dollars a month paid all my bills that. And so I said, dude, I can't lose on that. And so I went down and took my test and passed and uh, the next week, uh, my mom ran a full t- page ad in our local paper here, welcoming Lisa Kiefer Williams to the business. And the phone started ringing and I um, I started selling real estate. And um, I, I spent the first many years trying to keep it down, just trying to keep my life in order and raise my kids and be a mom. And I would work, I would be willing to work when my husband was home or on the weekends, but <clears throat> I've never been really driven by money. Um, and so money doesn't hold that allure to me to leave my kids behind, leave my spouse behind and and go make a bunch of money. And so I did really good at that for, for several years. I think my two youngest were 14 and uh, 15 when a developer came to town and uh, he gave a real distinct description of who he was looking for to represent him in real estate. And the title company here said, you're looking for Lisa Williams. And uh, he told him, he said, I want it to be a female. He said, I want her to love people and know this town like the back of her hand. And he called me and I turned him down. 
And he said, I'm getting ready to make you a bunch of money. And I said, I'm just not interested. I said, I'm, I'm raising teenagers and I'm just not interested. And so he showed up at my office and he is a big old man. When he showed up that day, it was like the total eclipse of the moon. My whole door frame of my office just become dark. And I looked up and there was a six foot four guy standing with a cowboy hat. And he was as wide as my door frame. And uh, he said, hi, Lisa, I'm Randy Berg, and I want to talk to you. And I said, you don't take no for an answer very well, do you? And he came in and pulled up a chair and started showing me that his plan to develop all these neighborhoods. And I just said, Mr. Berg, I'm not interested. I'm a mom first, and I've got all the business I can handle with raising kids. And my mom was in the office, unfortunately, that day. And she turned around and she said, she'll do it. <clears throat> and so uh, mom goes, I'll help you show you how to do it, get you some help hired. And so we ended up doing it. And he put up massive billboards all over town and every neighborhood we developed. I learned tons about developing and um, moving dirt, doing floor plans. It was a great learning lesson for me. And we rode it till the bust in about 2010. Um, and that really catapulted me to a deal that I really wasn't looking to get to. Uh, but by this time, my kids were, you know, almost grown. And so what else do you have when your kids leave but work, right? So I worked and, uh, and the business has just grown. And I finally hired a full-time assistant several years ago who really, she's the brains of the situation. I, that's how I introduce her. Um, and so um, we, <clears throat> again, are not driven by money. And I know that flips everybody out. And so when... Um, when I do my business, I decide if I want to work for them and they get to decide if they want me to work for them. And I don't talk anyone into anything. Um, we certainly want to serve people, um, but we don't want to get into situations that are bad for everybody. Right. And so and I think sometimes when money comes first, we find ourselves, you know, and that's kind of been a theme of my business. E even people that I've tried hiring different people through the years to help me as a buyer's agent, it's just best as me as an independent agent uh, because my theories aren't everybody else's theories. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think one of the ultimate powers that you just touched on is you know, you're not driven by money. And that's like the ultimate power because while most people have the money kind of control the outcome of the situation, you can't be persuaded into doing something with a little bit of extra cherries on top. So I would love to dive into that. So like the mum's there and a mum doesn't need the cherries. She's going, Lisa, you're doing it. <laughs> the, the ultimate bo bo boss move, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had an attorney a few weeks ago that I was been a couple of months ago. He wanted me to sell his house. And I could tell in the, in the original interview, it wasn't going to work because he wasn't going to allow me to tell him, you know, and I said to him in the middle of the interview, I said, if I told you I knew more about law, would you believe me? And he said, no. And I said, if I said, you know more about real estate, what would you say? And he started to say yes. And I said, let me stop you because you don't know more about this than I do. And here's the deal. I'm the fourth realtor in here. You've had people tell you some extraordinarily crazy amounts for your property and it's not worth that. And I don't have time to waste and I have to be out helping other people. And if I get in this deal where you're mad at me because I told you something that isn't going to come true. And anyway, he was really upset that I didn't take his listing and 
went on to text me for months about what a dis- he had heard all these great things about me. And he said, what a disappointment you are to me. And I said, I hate that. Now he's on his third realtor on that house. And um, I just, I don't have to have it and I don't want it. Does that make sense? Well, it's, what, what that is, is because like you just aren't getting persuaded because the money doesn't matter, like the deal doesn't matter to you. You have the ultimate negotiating power. So there's this rule I learned a long time ago in business, and it's the person who wants the deal less wins because they'll, they have standards that are just irremovable. They're like, I'm just not willing to do that. And there is no tactics that you can use to get around them because they don't need the deal as much as you do. The thing is, is in mo- most people's head, they want the listing, but you're in a position where you're just like, I really don't care. So you like, yeah. take it to somebody else. That's fine by me. And they'll be like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> and then they just can't. my husband always says they go ha, 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 I want more of that and I'm yeah. like like really literally it's no I'm not doing it and um that doesn't happen a lot but it does happen and I just don't have to I never have had to do things I just made it I just made a deal in my head that this has to be about serving people I have to serve humans and I have to do the very best for them. And if I get into a situation where the human's not going to allow me to do that, then I failed right off the bat. I just can't even get in the game. So it's so interesting that you say this and we're speaking with you on this exact day. I actually had a client today, literally this morning, email me. And they were just, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like this, you know, it's not been going as well as I expected. And, uh, you know, I sent an email response and it was just like, you know, I've tried, you know, explaining this over and over again to you, did a bit, did a video, all this other rubbish anyway. And I was like, listen, because this was, uh, he was actually paying for something. It wasn't, um, like there was some money involved as well. I just messed you. I was like, listen, you know, part of friends, I'm just going to have your money back and we'll, we'll go. He emails me back. No, I don't want my money back. I still want you to do it. Like, and I've just been like, no, like I'm not interested now. And now it's like, no, I want you to still do this. And I'm like, yeah, but we're past that point now. Like, I don't care. Right. (laughs) It's not worth the energy that it costs you to get involved in that stuff, you know, because then you go home, you know, in whatever relationships you have at home, if you spent all that all day with difficult individuals that can't see, that can't be reasonable, then, then you're, you know, you're, you're not, you're just not doing your family any good. You're not doing your friends again. I'm not doing my other clients any good. Yeah. I don't, I want people that know that they need my help, that I come with a lot of experience and they know that I love them and that, you know, my clients, when I say do this, they do it. And if that's not the relationship we can have and you can't trust that, then I'm just not the gal for you. Yeah. And that, and there's also nothing wrong with that. You know, this, this also comes into something we're big on when we're helping people, you know, coaching them or training them. It's like, you should just pick a niche and stick with it. And that kind of ties into that. Like your niche is like, I need people who are actually going to listen, you know, and actually follow what I say, because trust me with the, everyone listening to this show, us included, you included has had those clients when it's just like, one, I shouldn't have taken that client. We've all had that. Right. Man, I shouldn't have taken these. You know, don't do that again. And then the other ones, it's like, you just want them to listen. The deal could go so well. And it's like, they are making it hard. No one else. Like, it's them. And it's just like, yeah, it's also coming back to like serving a niche, which is like, everyone tries to serve everyone. It's like, you just pick a certain cohort of people. In your mind, it's people that will listen. Right. (laughs) 
right. That's your niche. <laughs> and my clients do. I mean, it's it's rare that I run across someone. I'm pretty directive. And um, and I don't do anything um, to do something, you know, and I've even told people that have worked for me through the years, if I ever find you trying to force something through, if you're trying to if you're trying to shove a round peg into a square hole to get this thing to closing, then that's not good for somebody, somebody that's not good for. And so, um, you know, my, my clients are a hundred percent referral. I don't take any strangers by the way. So if you call me, you have to say, so-and-so sent me, uh, because if you just call off a sign, I give you away. I give more business away every week than, you know, you can imagine. And, um, but I quit doing the the strangers about seven years ago, and I called it the dog and pony show. When I get with a stranger, they've been screwed over so bad by realtors in their life that they don't trust any realtor. And so then I have to do what's called the dog and pony show, where I have to prove to them it takes me about two weeks that, look, I don't care. I don't care if you buy. I don't care if you sell. Just tell me what I can do for you. Well, how can I help you? And um, I got so tired of the dog and pony show that I finally just said, I'm not taking any more strangers. So some power there, Lisa, there's some power there. What I want to do, because it's kind of touched on it, at least I think. I was going to say, that rolls us really nicely into topic number one. Yeah, your first secret is knowledge and the protection that comes with it. So explain to us why that is your first secret to success. Well, I, you know, I've noticed in our industry, and I know you guys have too, because I've listened to some of your podcasts. That the the knowledge is being dumbed down, and um, you know it is my job to look at all corner, four corners of my blanket when I'm dealing a deal, and that's in the title world, the appraisal world, uh, knowing enough and in, about inspections and repairs and codes, city codes, and all that kind of stuff. You can't really protect anybody if you don't know anything. And so I spend a lot of time when I first got in the business, I picked a closer that would meet with me once a month and teach me uh, the legality of title law, which I did title work. So I knew I had a basis, you know, and then I picked an appraiser in the very beginning. And I said, would you meet me with me once a quarter and teach me appraisal law? So uh, so I can understand how this works. And then I had a loan officer that ended up being my best friend. She retired uh, a year or two ago, and I'm, I'm devastated without her. But she would teach me lending laws. And that way I would know if you called and said, this is happening, I could say, well, this is what we got to do. Or, you know, when I, I can meet with some for five minutes and tell you if they can qualify. Um, so I, I try to have that knowledge to keep people from buying things, spending money on inspections, and then they can't close. Uh, you know, or getting in title problems and how we're going to get out of them or um, appraisal law, you know, now in this market Oklahoma's in right now, it's kind of crazy. And uh, some of our thinkings have had to go out the window because it's so crazy here right now. But before this, you know, I could tell you, you could ask me before I could tell you a name of another realtor, I could tell you every neighborhood in town and what the price per square foot is. Um. That's my job to understand how that works and to explain it. Does that make sense? It does. Big time. Now, one of the things it's like, how big of an area do you cover? How big do you think your knowledge and your reach should be before you kind of draw your 
foot in the sand and we're like, mm, okay, I'm not going that far out. What does that radius look I like? I love to you? that question because when I first started, I started in Canadian County, which is where I'm from. And um, that's, you know, maybe four big, well, four towns of 15 to 35,000 people in it. And then I kind of branched out to some in Oklahoma County. Um, so I'll do north side of Oklahoma City up to Edmond. I do a little south, but just like 10 minutes from here south. But if you call me and you're outside, like I had a client the other day wanted me to list a house that's an hour away. I will not do that. My knowledge doesn't go there. And even when I bought my lake house a few years ago at Lake Tenkiller, it's two and a half hours away. I hired the best. I did some research, hired the best realtor at Tenkiller. And I said, you tell me about this place because I don't know anything about it. So um, I would say that I've, I've got about a... 30 mile radius around me that I'm willing to do. And I'm assuming that has grown with time, right? You didn't start out with 30 miles radius. So like one of the issues that I'm running in, you know, as a quote unquote newer agent, it's like, I want to focus in my area, but that's not always realistic because people get priced out of my area. So as I'm learning, I know I need to be nimble enough, but like, I know my area a whole lot better than, for example, something 30 minutes from me. Right. So my level of comfort is a little bit different when I'm talking about like, because I'm, I'm in Southeast Florida, right? I'm in Boca. If I'm talking about like West Boca, North Boca, like that is, you know, like from one side of Boca to the other side of Boca can very well take you 30 minutes to drive, right? Right. right. Like it's a big town slash city. So when I start going up a little bit more north, where it's like now I'm 30, 40 minutes past Boca, it's like, how am I supposed to learn all those different subdivisions, get the idea of price per square footage and be able to service my clients the right way when I don't have these years and years of experience at the same time? So I'm trying to figure out, like, do I just focus in on my backyard and just be a stickler and stick with like, you know, maybe like you're saying that 30 miles, like 15 miles down, 15 miles up? Or, you know, do I just go where the deal is and start learning based on where my clients are going? Well, and I don't know what it's like in Florida, but I had a um, real estate coach years ago that told me um, when we were in our first downturn in Oklahoma in 08, 09 area, it was my first downturn in the business. I'd never been through a decline. I wanted to go be an airplane stewardess, by the way, during that. And uh, because everyone was crying and everything was so upset and um, I called my mom and I said, I think I'm gonna go be an airplane stewardess. And she goes, well, that won't pay your shopping bill, but you get right on that. And so, um, <laughs> uh, but I had a real estate coach tell me, you know, he said, study at night, turn your television off. He said, TV is such a waste of our time. You know, the day of Netflix and all this stuff, it, it literally takes brain power from us when we could be doing other things. And he said, turn the TV off and study, study areas. And so I would literally study like the Edmond area, which is like 20 minutes from here. And I'd go neighborhood to neighborhood and I would study their price per square foot and I'd make notes and I would, I would make comments about the construction and, and all that kind of stuff. And my boss says I'm kind of a walking, talking price per square foot machine, but I think it's because it's what I've spent my time doing. And, and here's the deal. I'm with you. I'm not going to show up somewhere where I don't know, because if I don't know, I can't help my client. Does that make sense? 
Exactly. And that's how I, that's how I feel at the same time too. It's like, how do I service them to the best of my ability with the limited knowledge that I have? So how do I accelerate that curve? The only way for me to is either, you know, make my radius smaller or before we even go out the areas that they're looking at specifically start looking into those areas. And I'm assuming you're using like the MLS, you're looking at listings closed and stuff like that. It just takes a little bit of time. Right. There's no secret method, no secret shortcut, because I know everybody who's listening to this podcast wants to accelerate that. Right. Right. I don't think there's any fast track to that, by the way, because, um, you know, I tell people all the time, I'm going to handle your largest financial asset. I'm basically as important to you as your doctor and attorney. And so if I don't have the knowledge that I need to handle your largest financial asset, You know, I could get them in a lot of trouble. And I think that's the thing that lots of people, when they get into real estate, don't understand. I think they just think, I'm going to cut hair this morning and be a realtor this afternoon. And and, and I guess that's okay, except that it's their largest financial assets. You're really messing with their lives. And um, it's pretty dangerous. So I think, you know, I, I tell new realtors all the time, I make more money than most of my doctor and attorney friends. Uh, they all went to school for seven years to learn that. And I didn't. My seven years was in the trenches of learning real estate. And so there, I don't know that there's any fast track. I think sometimes it's foolish thinking to think I'm going to jump in here and um, make all this money in two years. Um, and I know some people have done it. Uh, the question is, is it sustainable? Is it because the market was crazy? Um Or, you know, are you doing things for the long haul? I don't know. I don't know. I I just know that it took me probably 15 years. And part of that was me holding everything off to raise kids. Um, It took me about 15 years to finally just say, wow, I think I've arrived and I can do this. Yeah. And then, but then how quick was your growth from that moment to then hitting big numbers? I bet I was damn fast. It, it did go down fast. Um, when I came to Keller Williams, this is a funny story. I came from Prudential. I'd been there 19 years. And when I came to Keller Williams, this has been 12 years ago. Um, they were so excited to have me. They had been they had been trying to get me for years, and I wouldn't I wouldn't leave my mom at Prudential. And so uh, I sat in my first team meeting, and the, the the team leader and he's been in Gary Keller's books, so we really had quite a star in our midst for a while. He said, we finally got Lisa Williams here. He said, Lisa, stand up and tell this group of realtors how you lead generate. And this has been 11 and a half years ago. And my ears got red and my face got red. And I stood up and I said, I have no idea what that word means. I had never heard that word before. And I was so humiliated because everyone started laughing. And he said to me, meet me after after meeting. I'm going to double your business. And um, I went to meet with him and he said, do you ever ask anyone for business? And I said, no, sir. And he said, do you have a database? And I said, no, sir. And so, um, you know, and I've done a lot of real estate up until that point. And he said, he told, told the team meeting, he said, Lisa is a natural lead generator. She doesn't have to learn how to lead generate. She actually goes into the community, loves people, and it is an attraction to them. And um, so I did learn to to lead generate. And uh, the first year as Keller Williams, he doubled my business. There you go. Wow. Stuck to his promise. Stuck to his promise. 
Oh, and by the way, if you're interested in gaining access to our courses and coaching 100% free, then head over to go.eliteagentsecrets.com.